In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here, and today we are going to talk everything virtual with an expert in bringing everything virtual. Um, but uh, before we get started, don't forget this is brought to you by StoryCruise.com. You know, one of the best ways to still get those virtual referrals is through customer stories. And if you'll learn how to get those virtually, go to storycruise.com slash case stories. So you can learn how to not only collect those, but craft those and deliver those customer stories throughout the web. Storycruise.com slash case stories. All right, Blake Dolly, thank you so much for being on the show from Aegis Technologies. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Blake Dowling. I'm the CEO of Aegis Business Technologies. We are in Tallahassee, Florida, and it is a beautiful, sunny, crisp afternoon here. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's great to have you. Um, and let's talking about virtual. We, we do a lot of marketing, but now everyone's everyone's gone virtual and we talk about the power of video, but also we're going to talk today about events, cybersecurity, how that's changed and how you're keeping people connected you know, team and through marketing. When all this came down, what were the biggest shifts that you've seen happen? You know, and how are you helping clients take advantage of this? Where are the opportunities in it? Well, my hat's off to you for saying shift instead of pivot, because if I hear the word pivot anymore, I think I might have a slight, uh, slight <laughs> stroke. But, um, but yeah, we saw the word world shift and pivot around March 13th. Um, I was hosting our podcast that afternoon with our county commissioner, Kristen Dozier, and we were talking about the SEC basketball tournament getting canceled that day. And uh, this will probably just be a few weeks, few months, no big deal. And then a couple weeks in, uh, the shift really began. Uh, we are an IT support company here in Tallahassee. We call what we do managed services. If you're a small business, we take care of all your IT support. So imagine if you are one of our clients or not one of our clients and uh, you're closing your office down and that reality, because as an IT professional, you know, in your business or mine, uh, a technology professional, if you will, you know, we're used to working remote. We've been doing it for years, but not every business is in that space. And by April one, our phone rang off the hook, people banging on the door, showing up with like a laptop from their, son or daughter, like make this work. It's 10 years <laughs> old, but we have to keep our business running. So we sold webcams and laptops and tablets and we set them up securely. That's obviously a huge part of it. But from March, um, April, May, it was insanity and a blessed insanity because not every business was, was uh, having that problem during that time. And then came the summer of quiet, <laughs> June and July. It was bizarre as everything started shifting again, uh, virtual events, things of that nature. Once those home offices were set up, it was it was it was a once in a lifetime occurrence. Hopefully, I uh, don't want to relive that. But like I said, we're blessed to be busy and and help people stay connected during that time. And in fact, we revamped our website 
connecting people plus technology at the time, which really was our mission. And we were happy to be of service. I think there's a lot of opportunities, but I think this all brought a lot of holes. It it showed a lot of holes in people's IT outside of their office because so many people were so insular and, you know, how they transferred data, how they transferred marketing information, how they transferred stuff. How did cybersecurity change? Because it seems like it changed a lot. And I'm hearing that a lot from clients. And that's part of the reason I want to talk to you today. How do you see it change? And what are some of the things that people can do around it to make their, make sure their business is protected? If you're in an office and you're utilizing two-factor authentication and your office dictates password strength protocols and you have an enterprise level firewall, antivirus, anti-spam, your traditional stack of cybersecurity tools, you go home and you take a lot of that away and including internet speed. So not just cybersecurity, but productivity as a whole. So you may have someone, you know, chiming in on a public Wi-Fi network and transferring sensitive business data back and forth. And, you know, the doors just become wide open for cyber criminals. And they're certainly out there watching that as well as trying to take advantage of the situation by sending out COVID themed attacks. You know, in the early days, it was here's the, the latest, you know, um, infection rate in Florida or the South or the U.S. And maybe you click on that website and it was bogus. And now you're seeing fake registration sites uh, for um, COVID vaccines as well as the real ones. But, but yeah, just that transfer back home for a lot of folks, it, uh, it, it opened up and showed a lot of holes in cybersecurity. And, you know, you got to remember the fundamentals, strength of password. You got to have antivirus and any spam on your home front, just as you did in the office. So it was kind of a going back to school, like a fundamentals type thing. And what we did, we rolled out a base cybersecurity webinar from our friends at Novafor in Tampa that just said, hey, you're moving your office home. Watch this. Here's some things to look out for. Novafor is a great resource and a long-term partner of ours here in the sunny state of Florida. So I always like to give them props. You know, when you say like stuff to look out for, what are some of the common things that you, besides, the, you know, the, the passwords and things like that, that you saw as big holes once someone went remote? Where, you know, where, what were some of the problems that were caused too? Well, if you think about the homeschooling uh, situation concurrently running with the home office situation, okay, A, that's noisy and loud, but B, you're sharing that workspace. What if you're sharing a laptop with a, with a young person and the young person is going on their social media or other websites or a coupon website or who knows? It's just, you know, the rules are all out the window because there's so much sharing going on and so much commonality amongst one roof in some cases. So you've got to look out for your business as you were in an office, you know, keep not just a password, but uh, like your phone, making sure you have a security code on it because things to look out for, emails, you know, the phishing emails that come through that could potentially not just fish for information, but could contain malware, ransomware, uh, QBot, that's a notorious uh, virus we could talk about in a second. But, you know, exposing your business to those threats via children, that sort of thing, it's huge. And, um, I don't, I don't think the world was prepared for it. And I think everybody's pivoting a lot better now, but it was, it was rough. The kind of questions we would get 
early on in the pandemic, it reminded me of, um, you know, what a residential type computer company might go through versus, you know, we're, we're corporate, we're working with the, the private sector, not residential, but just answering really common questions like, why is my internet slow? Good example. So we had a, a gentleman that runs a construction company here in town. His wife's a teacher and his, uh, one of his kids is in college and they all are trying to work under a roof. That means teach a class, run a business and go to school. And they're all trying to do it on, a, on one little wireless access point with a slow internet connection from a local provider. So, you know, we had to ramp that up, run cables all over the place short term while we waited for those extra wireless access points for their house. But the, um, you know, the examples, there's hundreds of them out there uh, in this market, millions around the world. But that's just uh, off the top of my head. Yeah. And as now we shifted and we made things more secure and, and, you know, but now we have to communicate with clients in a different way and and connect. And obviously Zoom, we saw Zoom have some issues. Where do you see that client communication going from a technology standpoint? Are we going to stay with Zoom? Are, you know, are we going to be using different things? Did you see your clients shifting off of Zoom when all of a sudden people were popping on there? One of the first columns I wrote in the pandemic was about Zoom bombing. Uh, I believe that's what you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And people uh, not really being familiar with the platform and credit to Zoom. A lot of people give them so much grief, but credit and kudos to them for stepping up. I mean, they filled a void. There was a massive void there and they did not miss a beat with a few exceptions, of course. And Zoom bombing, it's not so much the platform's fault as it is the user's fault because you you know, put a Zoom meeting together and you post it on Twitter well, okay, that's not very smart. You know, this is this is not a public forum, but in some cases it was. Like University of Florida Student Senate was a, a national example of Zoom bombing gone way wrong. Student Senate posted a link to how to, you know, watch their session and people jumped in and did all sorts of inappropriate things. But uh, if you keep it private and you have a password protecting your meetings, you know, you're all good. But Zoom filled that void, you know, by March of, 20th, you know, I had a corporate Zoom account ready to go. We use Teams from Microsoft also in-house to run staff meetings. And if that's not enough, you know, you can look, it doesn't take much to find something else uh, like Big Marker, we were talking about off camera, great national and international entity where you can not just have a staff meeting or a client interaction, but an entire conference online. So it's really cool to see what people are doing out there, how they're reinventing themselves, their brand, their business. And uh, between Big Marker and a local firm, Event Owl, that uh, we partner with occasionally, Teams, Zoom, it's great to have all these platforms out here. And, you know, I had a client meet this morning on Zoom, you know, had a nice uh, call yesterday. You know, it's, it's a way to keep the face-to-face interaction going and not just having phone calls or texting or emailing because it's huge because you lose that connection with a client. I mean, I don't know about you and your clients, but, you know, I have personal relationships with most of the people we work with and um, Zoom and these other platforms allows that to continue. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And you said you're using Microsoft in-house. Uh, how, are, how do you like Microsoft Teams? I know like the NBA was using it and it was, you know, it seems like it's a, it's a great platform. How is that comparing to Zoom and do you suggest one or the other? You know, I'm always thinking about contingency plans and redundancy at every level, best practices. Mm. These are some of the things we preach to our clients. And uh, I didn't want to have all our eggs in one basket and just use Zoom. Okay, what happens if it goes away, if there's a problem? So I wanted to have teams for our daily 
staff meetings and then Zoom for our weekly sales and staff meetings. Uh, as far as one of the uh, over the other, I consider them equal. Uh, Teams is cool because we can separate out the video part and have you know never ending chats. We have a, a sales chat, we have a service chat, we have a marketing chat, and uh, <laughs> it gets pretty ridiculous around lunchtime. For those of us that are still in the office, you know, we have our lunch crew chat. Like, what's for lunch today, folks? Because, you know, for the people that have stayed in the office, I try to incentivize them with something to uh, make coming to the office attractive. Because, you know, for having a staff of almost 20 people and taking it down to three back in the spring and then to five in the summer. And, uh, you know, it's back up to like eight or nine now. But, uh, you know, we got to the people that get dressed and come to work want to make sure we have some lunch and uh, that sort of thing to provide a little morale boost. But yeah, I like teams and zoom equally. And they both, they both, like I said, fill the void and we'll probably use them for the, for the rest of our lives, you know, yeah. they become a part of our system here. And, and, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about like staying connected because part of, you know, your marketing, part of growing your business is obviously is having a team that can be cohesive and how, you know, now you're bringing people back in slowly and how are we planning for that? And how are we, uh, you know, not just, you know, obviously there's a health thing with the plant and bringing people in. How are you creating a cadence of who's coming in the office, who's not, who's staying here, who's not to keep that team camaraderie, but still keep that virtual aspect? Well, it's funny you ask. Uh, our COO and I, Lewis, we were joking the other day because I had a whiteboard out in the spring and the summer and I had, you know, hand-drawn pictures of staff members and just with arrows, who's home, who's in the office, who's in between. <laughs> and we call it the COVID shuffle uh, because, you know, some people want to be home for certain reasons, uh, regardless of what those reasons are, that's fine. We accommodate any reasonable request. And for those that are willing and able to work in the office, that is cool too. You know, it's all about being flexible for your team members you know, not dictating terms. I think uh, 2020 and 2021 from an HR and a, a work perspective have really just laser focused what the possibilities are for working remote. We were talking about productivity earlier, you know, without those distractions in the lunchroom and the, and the water cooler, not that we have a water cooler, but, uh, <laughs> you know, those, those old uh, school things, smoke breaks, uh, long lunches, you know, someone that might've done six hours of work in a day is doing eight. And I, you know, I have to talk to them. Are you doing, are you taking lunch? Are you doing breaks? And we'll see people build 12 hours a day. I'm like, wow. So that remote workplace, you know, it's, it's fascinating to study the numbers on what our productivity looks like. And as far as the COVID shuffle goes and how we make those decisions, it's really a, a, a dual decision-making process. It's about a comfort level with people and uh, you know, it used to be about making sure the phones were answered and things like that. But with VoIP phones, you know, we can answer the phone on a mobile, on the mm -hmm. app. We use a firm called Nextiva for our phones. So someone could be in uh, Georgia answering our phones like they were here. Now there's some things, you know, if, if UPS bangs on the door and has 30 laptops, you know, someone's got to answer the door. We've got to <laughs> set them up and ship them out. But we drop ship a lot of stuff these days where we might have, had it come here because we do sell a lot of hardware. It is a cloud world, but you still got to have your laptops and your desktops and that sort of thing, switches, firewalls to run an on-premise network or a cloud network. 
so it's a, a lot of things have, you know, come together in the past, you know, 13 or so months, you know, when, uh, before, even before the pandemic where the world was pointing remote doctor's offices, you know, now that is really a thing and yeah. food delivery services going through the roof. It's a, it's a great time to be in business to watch this. And I'm sure, uh, it'll be a lot more fascinating when people aren't getting sick and, and dying. Uh, I mean, geez, it's also a very scary time to be alive and in business, but you know, we try to keep it positive every day. And if anybody gets exposed to anyone, you know, on the weekend, you know, two weeks isolation, work from home, that sort of thing. And if there's even a remote hint of someone bumping into someone, you know, I encourage them to go get tested. And if they don't want to, you know, I don't force people to do anything, but you can't be here. You know, you need to go home. If you don't want to get tested, if you don't want to wear a mask, sorry. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, we have to do what's right for everyone while making everyone comfortable, if that makes sense. Right. I hope I mean, that answers the question because it was a big question. It is a big question. It is a big question. I mean, it's a conversation that I've had a lot of, with a lot of business owners and everyone is kind of trying to, you know, it's, it's something no one's ever thought about before. And, you know, we've thought about taking people remote some of the time, but we never thought right. about how we're going to manage everyone coming back. But on, on a flip note, because, you know, if you look at the past, the be some of the biggest technologies came out of these big shifts, these monumental shifts. You know, there's always new technologies coming out of them. So, you know, and obviously being an IT company, you're seeing a lot of technologies. What are some of the new you know, maybe it's any technologies that you see that are improving the workplace, improving the virtual workplace that you see coming up that maybe everyone should be looking at? Wow, that's a great question. You know, the use of apps in day-to-day uh, -day business. I like to ask, you know, on our podcast, what's your favorite app? And, you know, you'll see people using all sorts of new organizational tools. You see people using CRMs like they've never used them before. Like say you have something like Salesforce and maybe you, you know, just use the calendar function and you didn't really keep good notes or vice versa. You kind of flew by the seat of your pants with your calendar. You know, people are becoming more comfortable with their technology because they're in some cases, in a lot of cases, they're alone with their technology. Their technology is their office partner, if you will, their support staff. Um, so I think we're seeing a, you know, a real dependence on the technology. And if you think about a product line like uh, like Google with their Gmail and their storage platform or uh, Microsoft 365, where you can have OneDrive and your email all under one roof, you know, you're seeing people uh, really, really comfortable with those platforms and learning on their own. You know, you're seeing people sitting in their office, maybe just Googling a problem versus asking a coworker you're seeing a, uh, a real comfort with uh, learning and CRMs and those types of things. But on the flip side, you're seeing a massive increase in social media use and collaborations like that. People that are never on Twitter or Instagram or things like that are really pushing forward messages of our business. You know, it used to be just me and a handful of others on our team that would, you know, be willing to share things on social media. And now you're seeing a lot of people do that. So you're seeing people tweeting, uh, which on one side is great. On the other side, it's like, uh-oh, got to call the Twitter police because some things, as you know, are not to be <laughs> shared with the world. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, it's it, the world is literally 
is and has reinvented itself right here before our eyes. And like I said, one side, the optimist, it's awesome. The other side, it's scary. It's, it is it is it is a pandemic, but uh, I think as a whole, we're, do, we're doing okay uh, here in Florida, getting through it. And that's really interesting to me that you're getting your team more involved because I think everyone would love to have their team more involved in their marketing. Yes, it's scary, but it's also nice to have another voice. You know, for a lot of small business owners, they are the entire voice of the company, which I mean, at any level, you know, at a CEO level, you're still, you're, the Steve Jobs is still the voice of the company, but it's nice to have some help in there. How are you navigating that, getting them encouraged, by still, but still managing it? Well, I was talking to uh, my assistant a minute ago about our newsletter. Uh, we launched it on the 1st. And a tool like that, you know, you're asking about tools a second ago and uh, what we're using, what people are comfortable with. Our newsletter has become something, because, of course, I'm looking at the analytics behind the scene. Every month we launch it, those analytics have, you know, quadrupled. People are interacting with our company through that newsletter because it's not just IT stuff. What we do, um, I encourage Courtney, that's my assistant, to uh, let's have an Aegis staff member album of the month recommendation. You know, I told her to call so-and-so on the team and ask what their album of the month is just to mix it up a little bit because people don't want to hear about IT in our newsletter all the time. They want to know about charitable events and causes in here in North Florida and hopefully they think, you know, something like an album of the month or a recipe of the month, something like that is remotely interesting. And I know it is because people are looking at it at our newsletter like never before. And tools like that, if an organization didn't have a tool like that in the past, uh, I bet they do now. And what's cool, you know, people do probably get tired of me and my ramblings here in Tallahassee <laughs> about, you know, Blake's podcast or Blake's column in the Tallahassee Democrat but to have our uh, procurement director or our CTO, you know, want to push forward a message, whatever it's about, whether it's on social media or in our newsletter, that's awesome. And, you know, the more the merrier up to a point. Yeah. Well, it, it's nice too, because then, you know, I'm sure your team interacts with your, your clients and your customers and they, they feel like they know that person a little bit better, especially now that we can't actually interact. Do you see that happening as well? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the one-on-ones that we have uh, with our clients, whether it's me or one of our consultants or one of our salespeople, you know, everyone has to have those relationships in place and everyone has access to our Zoom account and everyone has the opportunity to engage however they can. And we're always remoting into people's machines anyway. So we're always having that one-on-one, whether it's video or whether it's just a chat box or a phone call. But uh, we are finding new ways to uh, provide IT support like never before. And, you know, we'll do instead of being on site, you know, poking through someone's technology closet, you know, we'll just jump on a FaceTime call with a client and be like, hey, OK, that red light blinking. You <laughs> press the button by that. OK, cool. We're rebooting now. So uh, everyone's getting creative in every facet of the business. And it's um, it's it's fun most days. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so, like, you know, as we're coming to a close here, I just want to ask you, you know, if you were to go through, a, a, I'm sure you have extensive checklists, but if a business owner could be like, hey, you're like, here's three things that you need to look at now that you probably weren't looking at before uh, with your your team being remote and, and all the technology shifts, what would, would there be a checklist, three or four things that you say you have to do this? I would say communication, number one, always no matter if it's 2010 or 2030, 
you, no matter how you can accomplish it, you need to do it because the communication, not with just our clients, but um, I try to make a point every day to at least text, Teams, email, phone call, everybody on our team. And I don't get to do it every day, obviously, or I would just do that all day long, every day. But um, the communication with your team, so huge every day. And two, keeping cybersecurity top of mind, because whether you're home or in the office, you could let your foot off the gas or uh, your eye off the prize for a minute and subject yourself to a situation, whether it's a dumb email, hey, I want to get gift cards for the staff. Okay, that's spam. I don't fall for that. Or, hey, click your Amex um, uh, confirmation email. Like, huh, I haven't used my Amex in forever. I wonder what that is. <laughs> like, got ransomware. And uh, three, you know, just remembering your community. There's people out there in every community trying to help. You know, I'm complaining about, you know, volume and busy and this and that and the other. When I saw Second Harvest here in Tallahassee, the food bank in our community step up early in the pandemic uh, with their fundraising and their delivery of their services. I mean, there's a mission that you and I and everyone in our state can get behind uh, because there's noble organizations like that that need our support always. So those are, you know, those are three off the top of my head. Fantastic. Awesome. So if anyone, you, you provide obviously support through Tallahassee, but you provide support throughout the country, correct? You have clients we all over. Core- our core business in a hundred mile radius, but uh, you know, we've done projects in California, South Florida, Washington, we'll drop ship items wherever you need. Uh, it just depends, but yeah, our core business is here in North Florida. Yeah, so if anyone's looking in Tallahassee or North Florida for IT solutions, uh, make sure to check out Blake at aegisbiztech.com. And Blake, what's the best way to follow you as well? Well, we have a Facebook page for Aegis uh, Biz Tech. Instagram, as well as Twitter. Aegis Sales is our Twitter handle. And uh, yeah, reach out to us on any of those platforms and we'll keep you in the loop. We'll, we might tell you a joke. Uh, I can leave you with a joke if you'd like. That'd be awesome. Let's hear it. Okay. So if you are at, at the Apple store and you see it get robbed, what are you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> An eyewitness. Oh, <laughs> that is a dad joke. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. My, my son will love that. That was awesome. Well, Blake, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, my pleasure. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me as a guest. And I wish you a very safe and prosperous 2021. And thank you. And thank you all for listening to Blake and I. This has been I and Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know what will make you an authority? you know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special 
insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook.